This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Brand purpose is huge. And I think part of what I love what you, about what you study, Daniel, is that, you know, trying to understand what is the true impact of, quote, brand purpose uh, on terms of how consumers might decide to choose your brand over the other. Because there is some controversy about, you know, does this really matter? Because one of the arguments is that, you know, if we study this in an experimental setting, for example, you do field work, you do experiments, you do the whole gamut, you triangulate across all kinds of robust uh, methodological approaches. But the problem with being in the lab is that you strip everything away and then you ask them, do values matter? You get kind of an overinflated, yeah, they matter, of course they matter, you know, because the whole, all that other stuff, Right is not necessarily being captured. So, what are your thoughts on like oh, yeah. the R square of the R square? In other words, <laughs> once you like get out into the the real world, like does this stuff really, really matter? My, you know, in in the research that I did before I got involved in the in these political stands and how people react to that, I did a, quite a bit of work on uh, social responsibility mm-hmm. and how it changes the the way that people identify with the company or not. That's when I first came across your work, by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, nice. And nice. Um, so, you know what what we've always found is that it's true that people can exaggerate a lot it tends to to work have the real the the most impact when people are kind of on the fence already so in those parody sort of uh, brands mm-hmm. um, if you've got like a coke and pepsi where people might be uh on on the edge they're pretty close in terms of everything else mm-hmm. um in terms of the taste in terms of the quality in terms of the freshness in terms you know then uh, then this is something that can be very it, it can be this the can thing tip the scales. it can tip it it can tip it um when there's a really big disparity in quality then you know it, it's very it's this stuff tends not to overcome that kind of thing Gotcha. And so what, what's super interesting about this, Daniel, as I think about the importance of this as a factor, is that there, there, there's kind of a spectrum of brand purpose, right? So on one end, you have kind of this extremely very explicit, direct kind of, he, we're going to, Howard Schultz. We're, you know, he's he's not he's distancing himself a little bit from Starbucks brand, but he's literally saying, "I'm going to come out there and like literally run for president as an independent, as a centrist." And or you know, Nike, this is what we stand for. This is our belief system. It's and it, there's some political ideology there in the sense that some consumers who are against this, you know, kneeling in the uh, at the national anthem, are going to be very very upset. So there's that side, and then there's just sort of like brand purpose as a general kind of way to, to think about what it is that you do. And I want to play a clip for you. Uh, there's a guy that, that uh, a professor by the name of Mark Ritson. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy, but he, he's, he's kind of poo-poos on brand purpose. And he, his argument is that we make this stuff up as marketers and that we're actually afraid to actually be marketers. I want to play a real short clip of one of his statements that he made at a public speech recently. Let's be honest. Marketers are ashamed to be marketers. They're ashamed to satisfy customers. They're ashamed to make good products. Yeah? They're ashamed to make money. They'd rather do something more important with their time. I'm not ashamed to make money. I'm not ashamed to satisfy customers. I think it's a worthwhile pursuit. That's why I became a marketer. It's very hard to go to a dinner party in West London and when someone asks you what you do and you work at Pepsi, you say, oh, I sell sugared beverages. It's much easier to be able to say, oh, I, don't, I don't sell sugared beverages. I promote unity and understanding around the world. Equally, it's very hard to say you sell beer if you work for Heineken, but I don't sell beer anymore. I'm brewing a better world. And very hard to say my job at Starbucks is to sell really nice caffeinated beverages. Much more politically correct to say I inspire the human spirit. Yeah? We've become embarrassed to do our job, embarrassed to be marketers. 
And I want to get your thoughts on that because, you know, when I first heard that, it was kind of an interesting analysis. And so, you know, there is kind of this idea, and I think your research touches on it, Daniel, about what's behind that. When you make these statements and you start unpacking them as a consumer, uh, you know, what is underneath there that's going to create the authenticity? What do you think about uh, about Professor Ritson's point here? Yeah, I mean, that is certainly, it's it's very provocative. It's uh, It takes me back. We we're just reading with my students um, in, in the class on social responsibility mm-hmm. that I teach, uh, Milton Friedman, the, uh, the, <laughs> nice. the classics. The classics, uh, yes. I mean, he's got the, there's the the old article that he wrote in the New York Times, the op-ed on this, that it's, it's not far from what we just heard from Ritson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... Um, uh, and but I actually have my students read it because I know that everybody <laughs> refers to it, but not everybody reads it. So yeah. we, we, we read, read it, it and we yes. spend a long time on yes. it. Yes, yes. Um, now you know there. I, I, in my mind, there are two ways of, of looking at it. I mean, one one is there is that sort of instrumental kind of idea where okay, the company is just using this to get to someplace else. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say whether that has a long term, mm. whether whether that you can keep that going because then eventually, if you're mm. not, if the company's not really behind it, it ends up getting exposed. Usually, mm-hmm. I mean, usually, mm-hmm. you know, and when somebody comes and knocks on the door and they say, you know, what do you think of this issue? What do you think of the gun control? What do you think about the environment? Um, and it's when they're really tested sooner or later, if they've been talking the talk and they, and they haven't really addressed it, I think it they can get into trouble. So I, I, I see that and. I do believe that there are companies that do really believe that there is more of a purpose to their mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I do that. I've seen that. Um, even, and it can be more, the most seemingly mundane companies in the world. Uh, there's a, a, a company that I studied uh, called Market Basket, which is a supermarket in New England. This is part of the book that you wrote. This no? is, I wrote a book yeah, on, no. on this. Um, and uh, they the CEO got fired and everyone in the company shut down the company to, until they could get him back. Wow. Um, it was, How's that for a statement? It was, one of the, it was one of the most unusual, craziest things that I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. And um, But why did they do it? They did it um, partly because they loved this man, uh, but really they they felt that this was such an important part of the community, this supermarket. They didn't do anything special in the sense that they didn't have these big charitable giving programs. They didn't have enormous volunteer initiatives going on, but they, they had created a company that uh, consumers, employees, suppliers, um, I mean, the governors of uh, New Hampshire and, and uh, Massachusetts mm-hmm. believed was an integral part of that uh, of that piece, so I think some of it, you know, companies are are recognizing more that they have a place in these discussions and they can shape it. Now the lines of it, you know, I don't want to. I'm not here to push an executive <laughs> to get involved in every issue. I don't think they should get involved in every right. issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think as as a manager, as a responsible manager, as a good manager, mm-hmm. uh, the way to to lead is to choose the issues that are really that are important to the customer base, that are important to employees. Um, and that that you know that have an effect on society because all companies do whether we like it or not. We can't <laughs> exactly. pretend that when you sell right. something that you're not having an effect on that person. I mean, right. if you if you're giving them some value even just through the product, then you are then if, uh, you're sort of expressing a value in a sense, right? E- exactly. And most consumers, at least in all the research I've ever done, most consumers not only uh, are okay with a company doing well. 
but they in, they like it. Like if the companies that are able to do this and do well, mm-hmm. people love it. Wow. I mean that that's like that's the gold standard that's the gold for standard. people. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, What's interesting? The other point is, you know, I think Ritson makes a, an interesting point here. The other thing that I think he missed, to be quite honest, is that a lot of times the purpose is the brand purpose, ideology, the mission is important inside the company. I think you're pointing to something. Your point about this, the case study that you talked about in your book, uh, makes that point nicely, which is that. Consumers may care about it, you know, if it helps to sort of tip the scale, but the employees can really rally around something greater than just the sugared beverage. You know what I mean? So in some sense, there's something there. Yeah. I mean, you know much better than me how the uh, how tied up uh, of people can get between the brand and their own identity. Mm -hmm, Um, I mean, mm -hmm. that's such a powerful thing. And people who are at work, they're living at eight hours a day. I Mm -hmm. buy, you know, I buy some carrots or something or, or, uh, (laughs) you know, and and I'm living that for while I'm I'm eating or, or, you know, even. How many, how many things do we spend eight hours a day or more right, um, right. next to where we're not only we're not like even using, let's say, an Apple laptop, but we actually have a crest on our chest right. that says, here's the company that I work for and I'm representing them. And that That's gets right. internalized by people. And then right. when the company does something, um, whether good or bad, people are internalize that. And if it's consistent with how they see themselves, then that's great, and they can become much more committed to the company. But if mm-hmm. it's something that's inconsistent with that sense of self, it re- people get really anxious, mm-hmm. uh, and it causes all sorts of problems. So we see it. I mean, it's the same basic process uh, that anyway that I that I've seen for for consumers and employees. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're trying to understand what what are the motivations of the company. What are they what, what are they all do? what is it, what are they all about? Right, well, I'm right, gonna, right. When I, and they're they're thinking ahead. So they say. You know, so in the in the case and the research that we touched on before, where a company says uh, they they decide not to take a stand, they say we're abstaining from this issue, but the consumer expects them on that particular issue because it might be relevant to the company mm-hmm. and because they've made statements on this before. Mm-hmm. The consumer says, well, "Why are you withholding this um, on these?" sneakers, let's say, mm-hmm. okay? Uh-huh. And then the consumer, they're not only thinking about that one moment, they're not only thinking about what the company has been saying in the past, but they're looking ahead and saying, what if I buy a pair of sneakers from this company, mm-hmm. they arrive and then they're in bad shape, Right. Um, I try to return them, now what am I going, you know, how are they going to treat me? Are they going to withhold information about the defective products? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to, uh, are, are they going to you know, honor their their commitments there, or are they going to run the other way on that too? And so they're so I always see it as uh, as consumers they're using these things mm-hmm. um, in order to kind of figure out whether they should continue with this company, whether the you know they want this relationship to continue, or maybe it's time to take a step back for a little bit and take a look around at somebody else. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.